If you have your Bible, go with me to the book of Jonah. Oh, wait, back one. There we go. Book of Jonah. I've enjoyed um, some time with the Word of God this week, thinking about the book of Jonah. And um, so what I want to do before, we get, before I get started, I want you to tell me some things that you know about the book of Jonah. It's probably one of our more, most popular Old Testament books. So just give me some information that you know about the book of Jonah before we get started. On a ship. Somebody else, say it. Prayed inside of a whale. Somebody else. Ran away from God. Went against the Lord. Second chances. Nineveh. Okay, was saved. What else? He didn't think other people deserve God's grace. His message was only eight words. What else did you think about the book of Jonah? Okay, what else? He got angry and depressed. When, I, when you come to the book of Jonah, my goal is for you as you, think, as, you, as you look through the Old Testament, my goal is for you to ask yourself this question. When you hear the word of the Lord, will you run? Because God's going to come to Jonah, and I know we get, it's exciting as you think your way through, you know, the, the fish concept, and, you know, and that we can, we'll talk a little bit about that, but I want you to think about the word of the Lord. I want you to think about if God comes to you and says, hey, I want you to do this, obviously God's not going to show up in your house this afternoon and just say, hey, this is what I want from you, but as you think about the word of the Lord, I want you to think about the word of God. So when God says to you through the word of God, this is what I want from you, will you run? Will you say to God, God, I'm really not interested in that? Because the truth is, and, and you, some of you have already said it, Jonah heard the word of the Lord and his hatred for the Ninevites said, I'm not, I'm not going to be obedient to God's word. I'm going to go in a different direction even though God tells me to do something. And so this morning, as you go through this book and you think your way through the life of Jonah, I ask you this question. Is the Word of God the final authority in your life? It's very interesting as we spent time at this spiritual renewal very interesting that you put 90% Roman Catholic on the screen. You know what the statistics are in America? And the reason I bring this up is when I, we talk, when I say this to you, when I say to you, a Christian, I'm not so, I want you to think about this. Someone that believes that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Someone that says, yes, I believe in the authority of the Word of God. And yes, I will submit myself to the authority of the Word of God. And using those three classifications, then say Christianity or a Christian or disciple, whatever church word you want to use, you realize in the United States of America, only 7% of the population believe those three things. 7%. So all the old numbers that you heard about Christianity in America are not true. 
Oh yeah, people might say, yeah, I'm a Christian, and that might bump the percentage up. But when you take those three things, and you put those three things together, say, yeah, I believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The only way I'm going to get forgiveness is through the cross. Yes, I believe in the Word of God, and I'll submit myself that the Word of God is the final authority in my life. Those three things. And say, I'm a Christian based on those three things. 7%. And so now you come to the book of Jonah as a pastor. And say, okay, I come to the book of Jonah and and I'm faced with this question. When the Word of the Lord comes to me, when the Word of God speaks, do I run? Knowing that most likely... 90% aren't interested. 7% of this crowd sitting in here say, yeah, I'm interested in the Word of the Lord. Yes, I'm interested in truth. Yes, I'm interested in obedience. Yes, I'm interested in surrender to the Word of God. 7% of this building. Now, that's scary. If 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 the averages are right within our own family... And we're going to find out in weeks to come. We have something that I want to do as part of the Sunday morning service. And we'll see what the percentages will be amongst our family. We'll see who says, yes, I believe in the authority of the Word of God. Yeah, I surrender to you, Jesus. So this morning as you look at the book of Jonah, go to Jonah chapter 1. The Word of the Lord came. Verse 1, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Adai, go to the great city of Nineveh, preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. God says to Jonah, go to Nineveh. Instruction was given to Jonah. Jonah, this is what I want you to do. Jonah said no. Jonah got instruction, and because, and you can look at a lot of different things, but take your Bible and go to Jonah chapter 4, and look at verse 1. But Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry when he prayed to the Lord, O Lord, this is, is this not why I wanted to, O Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? This is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and a compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. God, I knew this is what you were. God, I knew you were a God of grace. I knew you were a God of hope. God, I knew if if you called me and when you said to me, go to Nineveh, I knew if those people repented, you wouldn't kill them. You wouldn't destroy the city. You wouldn't take them out. And so God, even though I knew you wanted me to go to Nineveh, and I've experienced your grace, and I know truth, God, I don't want that for them. He hated them. His anger or whatever it was in his life, I don't know for tr- the exact reason. All I can say is this guy hated the Ninevites so much that he did not want them to have hope. He wanted them to perish with no Savior. He wanted them not to have repentance. And you say, well, man, that's a bad guy. 
So I say to you, what is something God said to you through his word and you're telling him no? I know you have. Where your anger or there's things that you don't like or you're frustrated at God and God says, hey, I want this from you. And basically this is what you do to God. It's kind of funny, but it's true. When you open this book and you look at this, this, this illustration, life illustration, historical account of Jonah, which you know about, but what we forgot, we got wrapped up in the Sunday school story. Oh, it was about a big fish and living in the belly of a whale. Yeah. Yeah, it was. But there's more to it. God came to Jonah. Jonah said, no way, God. No, God, I'm not going to be obedient to you. God, I don't care what you ask. My anger, my prejudice, my pride, whatever it is, God, I say no to you. As you go through the book of Jonah, you're going to see something else. Jonah ran away from the word of the Lord. I want you to see that. Look at verse, drop down um, at verse 3. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found the ship bound for a port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed to Tarshish to flee, the, to flee the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose and the ship was threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid and each cried out to their God, small g, so you got a, a prophet of the Lord, and you got these sailors on a ship going in. The, they're just going to the next port. Hey, we're on the ship. We're supposed to do what we're supposed to do. But there's somebody asleep. His name is Jonah. And God was going to do something in Jonah's life that would lead him to repentance. And now these guys have to be on the, on the ship. And the waves come. And they cry out to their small g God, and guess what? Nothing happens. And so the captain goes down and wakes up Jonah. You can keep on going through. And you read, go down to verse, verse 9. He wakes up and he answers, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the land. Really, Jonah? You worship that God? Why are you living in direct obedience to the word? I worship the God that controls this storm. But I really don't worship Him because I'm living in rebellion and the God that's sending the storm is for me. It's because I'm living in direct disobedience to the Word of the Lord. He ran. He said, no thanks. And so now you have these sailors, and I, this is just a fun picture of sailors. I'm sure these guys weren't the guys on the boat. But they're crying out to their God and there's a Hebrew that worships the God. And look at verse 10. They were terrified, and they asked, why have you done this? They, were, they knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to make the sea calm for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied. And it will become calm. I know that's my fault and that this storm, this great storm has come upon us. It's my fault. Throw me into the sea. Now, I, don't, I won't take a bullet for this, but I want you to think about this. Do you think Jonah was just saying, throw me into the sea because I'd rather die than go to Nineveh? I hate these people so much, just kill me. I don't know. But it's an interesting thought. 
So now you've got these guys that are terrified and you keep on reading down. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not for the sea grew wilder before them. Then they cried to the Lord, the sailors, not the prophet. Then the sailors said, oh Lord, please do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, O Lord, have done, for you, O Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and they threw him overboard into the raging sea, and it grew calm. And at that time, the men, the sailors, greatly feared the Lord, and they offered sacrifices to the Lord and made vows to the Lord. And I was talking to, to Stuart Boyd in between services, and he said, You know what? What's interesting? In Jonah's rebellion, the sailors found hope. They found the Lord. Now, isn't that crazy? In the heights of somebody's rebellion, God's still going to use the him to rescue these sailors. How many generations are going to be changed because the sailors found the storm or found the Lord through the storm? But that's a whole other sermon. We'll leave that for later. Here's a question I have for you. What would have happened if Jonah just would have repented? What would have happened? You probably wouldn't have the big fish. Just a theory, thought. But we know that's not true. So what do you see? You keep reading through. If you get to chapter 2, what are you going to see? The situation that leads to his choice to repent. That's what you need to see. You need to read through this and see how the Lord is, is going to bring Jonah into a situation where that he's in the belly of a whale and it's going to take those circumstances for Jonah to say, God, I'm wrong. God, I'm sorry. God, I'm coming to you for forgiveness. God, I've went against the word of the Lord. So I don't know about you. you have any idea what it was like to be in the belly of a whale? You think it stunk? Dark. We know the scripture says seaweeds around his head. So, in, it, so t- just think about this. Literally, this is what's going to happen. Throw him into the water. The big fish is going to come. He's going to take him down. And Jonah's going to cry out to God in, being in the belly of the whale. You know, anybody else that's ever been in the belly of the whale and said, okay, God, I, I repent now? No. But God wanted you to see this morning that he will take you down until you fall on your face and say, I repent, Dad. I repent. If we're sitting in this room and we say, you know what, there's a time in my life I said, yes, I believe in the cross. Yeah, I'm asking you, Jesus, to be my Savior. Church terminologies. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. Guess what? If you're going to live in rebellion to the Word of God, He will take you down. He'll take you wherever you need to go so that you'll fall on your face and say, you know what, I repent. Just happened to be with Jonah in the belly of the whale. Just happened to be that sailors had to sail with less cargo for some time, I don't know how long, because they had this Hebrew that knew truth, that heard the word of the Lord, and said, you know what, Lord, I'm not going to do it. So now they're stuck on a boat with half the supplies. But they found the Lord. And so as you read through Jonah chapter 2, in my distress, I called you, Lord, and you answered me. Verse 6, to the root of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath me barred me in forever, but you brought my life up from the pit. Oh, Lord, my God. Drop down to verse 9. 
but I, but I, with a, so- a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. That's Jonah's repentance. That's Jonah getting to the bottom of all. He lost it all. And in the belly of the whale, he said, Dad, I'm asking for forgiveness. I'm crying out to you. And then you read in chapter 3, Nineveh, your prophet, has arrived. I don't know if there was anybody on the shore when this Jonah come flying out. I don't know how high in the air that he traveled when the whale spit him out. I can tell you this, that joker stunk. And I can tell you that his skin was not the same when, he, when they threw him into the ocean and now after he'd been in the bale, belly of the whale for three days and all the acid of the whale's stomach and him being in darkness for three days and surviving down there and now he's, now he's out and here comes the prophet to Nineveh. And I can tell you this, Nineveh repented. And I can tell you this, that Jonah didn't like it. I can say a lot of different things this morning, but as you wrap this up, and I'm, I don't know if you can see the middle, the third one very well, but I just this is how I want you to see this. When the word of the Lord comes to you, we see Jonah ran. Will you run? And if you run, and when you run, He'll take you down so you'll stop and say, okay, I'm done running. He'll get you to the point where you'll say, Jesus, Messiah, you're the only one for me. And then you'll be the prophet that he wants to use in America. It'll take you to the bottom so he can destroy you. So it's all about Jesus and not about you. He'll take you down for some sailors, for some men and women, boys and girls, for those who are around you. Because really, if you think about this, now just think about it. Your life is not your own. But you have a tendency to live it for yourself. Because if you're sitting in this room and if you've been bought with a price and if you've said yes to Jesus, you are not your own. You are called to serve. You're called to be a light into the community. You're called to live a life of surrender. You're called to live a life to say, God, it's not about me anymore. You're called to when the Word of God comes to you in your personal devotions or at a conference or wherever you might be, and the Word speaks to you clearly, You're called not to run. Don't run from Him. Run to Him. When He asks you to do things that you can't do, just put a smile on your face and say, hey, I surrender. You want me to do this? You know I can't do it, so it's all about you. I surrender. I give up. I quit. Whatever the words be, it doesn't matter. Terminology is not real, real important. What's really, really important is we close, is go back to Psalm. To 110, get back to where I was at the very beginning. 
111. Back to Psalm 111. What's really, really important is for you to stop and ponder on the works of your God. What's really important is for you then to go to verse 10 and say, Dad, I recognize that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And all who follow His precepts have good understanding. God, I want to follow you. God, I want to surrender. God, I want to thank you for putting in the Old Testament this story that I heard of as a kid. And it was really awesome as a kid because this guy got swallowed by a whale and it was really kind of cool. And then you spit him out. But God, really what you're saying to me is when you hear the word of the Lord, don't run. Jonah ran. Don't run. If you're running, stop running. Fall on your face say, I surrender. I don't know if if you don't mind if you guys would just if you and Rachel would come and just do this just a little like the chorus of Jesus Messiah as we kind of close just kind of just a second. So I ask you, you might be sitting in this room saying, "You know what? This this doesn't make any sense to me. Maybe he's not your father." I ask you a question. There's another question. I I know I'm full of questions, but when was the last time your heavenly Father spanked you? I didn't like being spanked about by Bob Patterson, but when my father, Heavenly Father, spanks me, it just reminds me he's got a better thing for me. And if he hasn't spanked you in a while, maybe you're not his. There hasn't been things in your life where you've had to stop and say, I can't do this. Maybe he's sending things your way, or there'll be things that'll come your way. I don't, I don't know, and it's not a, but I, I'm concerned that only 7% of the people are sitting in this room are going to see Jesus for eternity. That's what, that's what the people are telling me, 7%. It means only 7% of the people sitting in this room have hope today. That means only 7% of the people that are running to Jesus today. That's all. Maybe 7% are running away from him. I don't know. Okay? I don't claim to know and I don't want to know. I just want to say something. Jesus is your Messiah. Run to him. When he speaks to you through your word, through his word, say, thanks, Dad. Thanks for truth. Dad, would you help me follow truth? Dad, would you help me surrender to truth? Father, thank you for allowing us to gather and be together as a family and around your word. Thank you for Jonah. Thank you for your word, and and then thank you for letting us come home, Dad, when we run. So wherever you are today, run to him, please. When he shows you truth, follow him. And ask him for help. He's not going to make you do this on your own. He gave you the Holy Spirit for help. We finish our time with just worship. You can sit in your seat. You can stand if you want to. But just close this morning with this little chorus, Jesus Messiah with the ladies.